watch Tim wishes you good luck and Godspeed. Space Monkeys blasting off with Nick Odio. He's the EVP of Partnerships and Growth at Ferrum Network. A very important job because their main mission is bridging an interoperability. Nick, welcome to the show. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me, you guys. Pleasure to be here. I, I don't really know much about you. Uh, do you mind introducing yourself and your words uh, to our audience? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, hey everybody, my name is Nick Odio, uh, EVP of Partnerships and Growth at Ferrum, and I've been in the space since about 2017, but I've been with Ferrum for the last year and a half, um, heading up the, the growth uh, division at the company um, as we gear up for our parachain slot. Um, so, uh, but that's not what's important. What's important is Ferrum. Uh, I'm not the important one, so let's talk about Ferrum Network. <laughs> yeah, what, what can you tell us? Uh, what is Ferrum Network trying to do? Yeah, man. So uh, we got started back in 2018 with the mission of creating an interoperable infrastructure. Uh, and we've kind of taken a curious route to get to where we are. And we've, uh, for the last three years, we've been primarily a blockchain as a service company, creating white label staking contracts for uh, over 200 clients across uh, multiple networks in the space. Uh, we've uh, created the first iteration of uh, something we're calling interoperability 2.0 with the Ferrum cross-chain token bridge. Uh, it's done about 200 million in uh, in transacted volume so far. It's about to undergo a um, an upgrade to a product called MultiSwap, which is a multi-chain aggregator, and that is kind of laying the precedence for the uh, the, the mainnet, which it, we're calling our infinity layer mainnet, which is more than interoperability in terms of bridging assets and swapping assets across networks, but more about bridging arbitrary information, messaging right. and data, and right. creating these multi-chain um, smart contracts and multi-chain dApps. And so that's kind of like where we started, where we are, where we're headed. So Amazing. you said you've been in the space since 2017. Um, is that just like Web3 space and all around? Yeah, I mean, um, you know, I, I just kind of started as a as a Bitcoin investor, right? And then kind of got into the weeds of, of DeFi uh, and was um, kind of, you know, throwing little bits of money at low cap DeFi gems <laughs> yeah. uh, in, the, in the DeFi summer and uh, stumbled across Ferrum and, you know, became one of their governance committee members and then oh, wow. uh, started, you know, adding as much value as I could from from that kind of like uh, uh, unofficial DAO perspective yeah. and, and then came on as, as a full-time member and eventually kind of became heading up the, the growth division here. So when, when you talk about interoperability and cross-chain, are you talking specifically in the Polkadot ecosystem, the Polkadot Kusama ecosystem, or are you talking about cross-chain and interoperability across? Yeah, uh, that's that's a great question. And, and I'm actually glad you used the term cross-chain uh, because we're, we're really trying to kind of help rewrite the narrative of multi-chain, right? Rather as like right. multi-chain as opposed to cross-chain. Yeah. And that's why we're building in the Dotsamo ecosystem because, you know, Gavin really wanted to take that bet against blockchain maximalism. But at the end of the day, you know, the future is multi-chain. The future is not cross-chain. What I mean by that is, um, cross-chain implies a sort of like wrapping mechanism, right? It kind of implies right. that uh, that 
the assets aren't maintaining their native state across networks, whereas multi-chain kind of keeps track of the native state of assets and contracts across networks. So that's we think that's more secure. We think it's it's much more future proof. Um, and so that's kind of what what we're trying to uh, spin up within the Dotsama ecosystem. But to answer your question, the uh, it, it, we're not trying to be constrained to uh, the Dotsama. We're using that XCM um, as to kind of leverage what we're building so that we can become interoperable, bring networks and startups and, and dApps closer together outside of the Dotsama ecosystem as well, but using that oh. substrate framework to kind of build that foundation. Wicked. Now we have a, a few projects, um, some already on the go in Dotsama, uh, Composable Finance, yeah. uh, Darwinia, yeah. Ice and Snow. Uh, we're all trying to solve the same thing here. We use different language. Bridging has become a little bit of a, a naughty word, you know, and you're talking about security there. So uh, how, how are you guys dealing with like, you know, these recent security breaches when it comes to bridging technology? Um, how are you guys making sure that you have a safe, secure product that people can rely on? Yeah, so so there's kind of a, a two-part answer there, and and it's a and it's a great question because, yeah, truly bridging is kind of the jankiest piece of infrastructure in the Web three space right now. Yeah, and uh, you know we really wanted to. It's kind of like how many times are we going to let these sort of you know exploits occur before we redesign the architecture of the way that assets are moved across networks, right? Yes, and so instead of like just kind of beating a dead horse and just trying the same sort of architectural approach. We what we did is we removed the the mint and burn or the the lock and mint uh, mechanism that's inherent in so many of these uh, interoperability protocols that have really been the vector for so many of these attacks lately. Um, and you know these attacks have accrued hundreds of millions in losses, and it just seems like they're happening on a weekly basis. So it's like when's enough? Like when when is enough enough? And uh, that's why we've kind of taken a different architectural approach to not only the bridge, but now also multi-swap, this multi-chain aggregator that we're uh, on the precipice of, of releasing. Uh, and instead of using this like burn and mint kind of like wrapping functionality, yeah. we're using a two-way bridge LP. Um, so in, it, you basically you know deposit the tokens in the origin chain and be able to withdraw on the destination network. Now, like. There's so 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 the the bridging contract never actually has uh, operational control over the token contract, which is a super scary thing. You know, when you're we're giving these these bridging contracts so much control over the token contracts, it's yeah. like especially if there's like upgradable mint functions and whatnot. It's like, you know, granted, like so so far all the exploits have been through the the vector of just uh, you know exploiting the bridge pool, right? All the tokens that are sitting on this on this bridge, right? Yeah, it's like yeah. a total. Uh, heyday for any sort of hacker to want to spend like two years trying to figure out how to exploit, right? Sure. Right. So we're we're trying to take not only an architectural security stam uh, stance, but also an operational security stance too. Uh, and so, uh, basically, you know, we think like the 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 attacks could get a lot pro like progressively worse. Yeah. Because it's not just about exploiting the, the the tokens living on that bridge pool but also about like what if the bridging contract you know gets exploited but then they can exploit the token contract by like upgrading the mint function and just dumping tokens on the market like that would be a really really bad day for crypto yeah, right and yeah. and like i think with this current architectural approach that's being taken by so many of these these bridging uh protocols like i feel like that's possible and we don't want to ever see that day so uh, granted, there are some logistical 
um, kind of barriers when you're uh, when when you're taking this multi-chain approach rather than uh, the cross-chain approach because it's easy just to wrap a token. Yeah. Uh, so you know, projects would have to kind of like manage liquidity on both networks. But we think there's going to be a lot more of that um, than than there there is with this like whole wrapping thing because like okay, so I, I just no, wanna, I just want to catch up here. So instead of having a, a common pool right and a bridge managing the contracts for that pool, you're going to kind of have different pools on separate chains, and then you're just going to send information basically about like okay, so like this guy put you know six ETH in this pool, and he could take out six ETH over here. Right, it's the same guy. Yeah, but so mm, my question, cool. I guess then from that is the some of the things that I've kind of observed is like the roadblocks are becoming like now arbitraging becomes a thing because if your pool is different on each one, aren't you going to deal with like the potential of one token on this chain is going to be worth a certain value over here and over here it's not because. Yeah. I mean, like I, I think those arbitrage opportunities are going to kind of like even themselves out, right? Like that's going to present an opportunity for, for people to kind of play that arbitrage system, right? So um, I, I think that's just going to encourage more economic activity and more more trading volume to kind of like narrow that. Do you think that would end up like unintentionally causing fav favoritism on certain chains? Yeah, um, and so you know we've got uh, kind of liquidity provision type of approaches that we can guide these projects through as they decide to go multi-chain um, to kind of keep track of like. The traction that certain networks are getting and how to manage liquidity, liquidity accordingly um, over time. Um, now, again, like there are logistical barriers to this, which is why our mainnet is going to play such an important role in like upgrading these interoperability products further. And um, that's you know when we're able to create multi-chain smart contracts, multi-chain dApps, rather than just like swapping assets across networks. Yeah then we can have like multi-chain tokens. And when you can have multi-chain tokens, then that all kind of like balances itself out naturally. Right. Um, and so that's really the end goal because we want to, all these, 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 you know, questions about like, what are the, you know, inherent flaws within that? Yeah. Like right now, nothing's perfect. Right. Yeah. And that's what we're trying to build this like interoperable future where it is perfect. And it's not really relying on bridges. Right. right? It's relying on more like, uh, multi-chain messaging and, and and data transfers and things like that. So that's, you know, I think really going to be when we reach what we're referring to as interoperability 2.0. Cool. Yeah. So when you talk about this mainnet here, is that mainnet going to be a parachain? It is. Okay. Yeah. And you said you're going to go for a parachain on Polkadot and Kusama. Mm -hmm. uh, what is the rollout of uh, launching those pair chains look like? Yeah, so we've got uh, we've got two tokens currently. We've got the FRM token and the FRMX token. Um, the FRMX token is is going to be the token of the Kusama network, right? So that's going to be the Faramex network. Uh, that's going to be you know where we build fast and break things. Uh, we we roll things out and we we decide if they're going to be you know uh, pertinent for the Polkadot pair chain, which is the Faram network. Yeah. Uh, we're calling this our infinity layer mainnet because everything I just described for you to you guys, it's not like a layer one where we're our own blockchain necessarily. We're not a layer zero where it's a blockchain where blockchains can build on uh, build on top of. It's not a layer two. It's not a scaling solution. Mm. We're calling it infinity layer because it's this build once, deploy everywhere mentality, right? right? Where you can build a smart contract on one network and deploy it across multiple networks. So mm. that, that ETH killer mentality is like not what we're trying to go for. We're really trying to bring networks closer together. Um, so yeah, 
in, in but to answer your question, that was a little side note. Uh, Faramex, uh, network is going to be powered by the Fairmax token. We plan to roll that out first uh, and then, you know, kind of use that momentum to help us um, win the, the more, um, the, the more difficult slot with the polka dot. Yeah. What's the most attractive thing about polka dot and Kusama? Is it the security that you get with the parachain or, or what are you guys coming over? I mean, there for? so our, um, our, our CEO, Naeem Yagana, he uh, is just, he's a huge fan of substrate. We've kind of dived into all of the different, layer zero approaches that we could possibly take, you know, um, and at the end of the day, Polkadot was where we wanted to build. I think there's a few factors for that. I think the, um, the, the security that you're talking about with the parachain, uh, the community, like this event has been so much fun. And, uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah I, I really think that there's a lot of really cool D apps being built in Polkadot and there's so much upside to Polkadot. I feel like there's more upside to Polkadot than there is to like any other like uh, community right now. And cool. so there's, you know, from a technical standpoint and from like the community standpoint, I think those were the two main factors. What does your team look like? So, uh, so I came on about a year and a half ago. And at that point there was like six of us and now we've scaled the team to over 35 full-time employees. Amazing. Pretty yeah. Typical. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I mean like, you know, we, we've still got 26 months of runway, you know, like even with this bear market, you know, we're generating revenue We're you yeah. know, uh, the, and that's kind of all, uh, it, it, due to our blockchain as a service kind of like the, where we came from. Right. And that was, I, I just wanted to make note yeah. that you said we're doing revenue and then the crowd yeah. <laughs> this black I know, yeah. I know, right? It's crazy. Crypto project generating revenue. Who knew? <laughs> Dude, well, uh, uh, this is super awesome to have you in here telling us about interoperability 2.0. Yeah, so, so some, something I like, I, I truly believe in. I, I think the world is, is going to be multi chain. I mean, it's, yep. it's just inevitable. The, the only thing that matters is the user experience. Like, in reality, the chain is going to kind of be secondary. And um, so I, I believe, and I, I think that uh, it's, it's a good good place to be headed. Thanks, man. Yeah, so. <laughs> I, I absolutely agree. And that's that's kind of another reason why we chose the Polkadot ecosystem, right? It's like the ethos is so much in line with that, that, that against blockchain maximalism. Right. Yeah. And, and, and we wanted to join Polkadot in, in the Dotsam ecosystem in that bet. Awesome. Where can people find you on socials and, and you as well as uh, Ferrum? Yeah, uh, so uh, Twitter, uh, at Ferrum Network. Um, I'm uh, at Cryptodio, uh, Crypt underscore Odio. My last name's Odio, so that's cool. a little play on words there. Um, and then uh, the YouTube, I mean, can we put all the stuff in like the, the bottom of the, the video here and like let, yeah, yeah. let yeah, people know? Because I can't remember there. all of the ats. All there, yeah. Check <laughs> so out the let's description do that. below. <laughs> Cool. Awesome, Nick. Thank you for coming in, man. Thank you, guys. Yeah, Cheers, buddy. Really appreciate yeah, it. <laughs> Boom. Yeah, thank you for your time. Appreciate Thanks, it. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it.